God hates you. He wants you to suffer. And oh my God, like this is, you're ruining everything. And all of these, what are people going to think? You can't tell nobody about it. Hello and welcome to the Divergent Women podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of first-generation women entrepreneurs who have broken barriers and defied the odds. I'm your host, Melissa Minchala. Today on Divergent Women, we are talking with Jackie Stewart. Jackie is a podcast host who is using her own journey of living and building a life and business in alignment with her soul's desire to inspire others to do the same. That means letting go of limiting beliefs, letting go of people and patterns that no longer serve her, healing ancestral wounds, breaking generational curses, manifesting her wildest dreams, embracing her nature in love, sex, and motherhood, and trusting herself through it all. Hello, Jackie. How are you today? Hi, Melissa. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm excited to talk to you because, I mean, I mean, if you just listen to that introduction, there's so many things in there that I'm just dying to hear more about um, because this sounds like this is a very interesting journey thus far, and I want to hear all of it, actually. So let's get started. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, um, and how it led you to become an entrepreneur. For sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I was really looking forward to this conversation. Um, you know, our little pre-combo that we had was already really fun. So I felt like that was really going to be good and good energy. Um, but yeah, so I was born and raised in Germany. Um, my whole family still lives in Germany. I moved out here when I was 24. That was the beginning of 2017. So actually six, six and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always been the the person in my family that did things different. You know, if my family goes to the left, I go to the right. That's always been the case. So that has also led to me being the first in doing literally anything. That's, you know, from graduating with a really good degree, going to university, starting. I actually had my own business, my first business when I was 18, you mm -hmm. know, doing that. Um, now the way I'm raising my children, like just being very conscious of how I parent and gentle the way I parent, breaking all of these patterns, this functional parenting patterns that we were raised with, right? Moving to another country. So there's always been this line of me doing something completely different and being the first to do it. It just really matches with who I am in nature. Like I'm just very excited by opportunities, by uncertainty, by let's go bigger, let's dream bigger, let's do all of that, right? That's that's something that really excites me, but it's also a very lonely path if you are that person in your family. And usually not just the person in my family, but also in my close surroundings of friends. It's at some point, you know, boom, I just pull out and I do something else and something bigger, something that is odd or not necessarily society pleasing. It's it's always this little nudge to somewhere else where it becomes a little lonely along the path. So I came here to the U.S. and I got married and I started volunteering at the school with my um, fitness degree that I had in P.E. And through that, I started becoming a, a, a member of this community at school. And then the principal offered me a job. So I just started working as a teacher. I got my credential um, moved my way up to becoming a pathway coach, which was really more my passion and like leadership. But this job was about an hour from where we live. 
And the commute back and forth was at least three hours every single day. Wow. And that was, it was, it was getting out of hand, especially when I was pregnant with my second child. Like I was in this car stuck and mm -hmm. I had so much road rage. And, you know, that just, that's what led me to thinking maybe there's something else I can do. Maybe there's something I can do from home. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't really sure at that point yet. My husband, however, he, he was a teacher at the same school that I taught at. And then he told me right after our baby was born last summer, he said, hey, I kind of want to stop teaching and I really just want to focus on my business and do my own thing. Like I want to cash out my retirement. I want to use it as a buffer and just want to go for it. And, you know, usually as somebody who's like who's had a lot of financial trauma, all of this uncertainty about money coming in was really would usually really throw me off. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, that time I was like, yeah, let's do this. That sounds really good. So that was the initial plan. And then as we moved closer to my maternity leave being over, I just felt it more and more body that I cannot leave my baby at home. Like he's only four months. I'm breastfeeding. I do not want to pump. I don't enjoy it. I have all this breast milk. So no, I do not just want to switch to formula. Like mm -hmm. I felt and I just don't want to leave him. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision. I said, what if I stay home with him? and help you on your business. So that's two people working towards the same goal. And it was really exciting for both of us. So we just felt like that was the right decision. And as we were moving through that and kind of like building the foundation of his business, I thought, why don't I just start a business? <laughs> so that's let that that's what led me to the idea of, you know, birthing this bus business right. for myself. So I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> if you'll indulge me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you were born and raised in, in Germany and you came to the United States. What called you to the United States? I know that you said you have this sense of adventure. What called you to come to the United States? Was this just like another adventure for you? Yeah, kind of, but also not. I was five years old when I told my dad, I'm moving to the U.S. That's where I'm going to live. Okay. I knew it. And from a very young age, um, I always had catalogs like you know back back then it was still like you would book your vacation through a catalog you would call this number and be right. like hey this is where I want to go um so we had these catalogs right to go on vacation or to potentially go on vacation and I, it was this catalog about the U.S. and I had it for years and I would just look through the pictures over and over again like almost every single day just sit with this catalog and be like this is where I'm gonna go I don't know where exactly but I just knew it and also, I never really felt connected to the German language. Um, really? Even though, yeah. Even though I'm fluent in it, there was always a, a loss of connection. Like, it didn't resonate with me. You know, very classic um, example, when I practiced Christianity for a while and I would read the Bible in German, it would be like, I don't know. But then I would read the same phrase in English and it resonated. Wow. Right. And um, because I felt so so connected to that language I started speaking it at a very young age too I remember when I was seven my dad would um buy me a dictionary for my birthday because I asked for it English German dictionary and this is how I learned a lot of words and just going through it every single day and by the time I was in school I was better in English than my sister was who was at a higher um grade and you know all of my books and tv shows I just always wanted to watch everything in English so I don't know. I kind of want to say it was an adventure when I took the leap to actually move out here, but it felt like it was. It was going to be. Wow, that's that's very fascinating. Um, 
So did you have a plan when when you were coming here of what you were going to do? Or did you think, well, when I get there, I will know what to do or it's already going to be there for me? Yeah. So I had the, the attitude of like, if I go there, I know I'm going to find my way. That's the attitude I had. And um, my whole life, like I want to say starting around high school and college, you know, where I became more independent, moved out and did my own thing. I started looking into ways of like, OK, so how? could I actually move there? Because, I mean, you need to understand if you are German living on German income, moving mm -hmm. to the U.S. seems like the most impossible thing ever. Because do, doing vacation alone for Germans out here is super expensive, let alone moving, let alone, you know, starting a business or getting getting um, a visa to work here. Like, it just seems impossible. So I would start looking into ways, oh, maybe through my fitness degree, as a fitness trainer, I can come over here. Maybe as somebody who um, speaks German can help out overseas somehow, right? Mm -hmm. But none of these things really worked out. Like there was always something blocking it. And then, um, like I said, I, I, I practiced Christianity for a little while. And through the church that I went to, um, I found this volunteer program called, I don't even remember the name. They may have changed the name. It doesn't matter. But it was a volunteer program that brought people together from all over the world to go to different places and, you know, volunteer in communities, like just be a good person and do some community service. So when I found out about it, I had already felt like I don't want to work as a fitness trainer anymore. Like that was a really fun phase, but it felt over like complete. Mm -hmm. So I had played with the thought of quitting my job. And at the same time, I applied for this um, position or this volunteer program, right? Um, and then I th I want to say it took about few two months of like them reaching out to me saying, hey, we would like to get to know you more. We think you'd be a great fit to me quitting my job and then um, getting the visa, applying for the visa and moving out here. So it was about two months. And interesting enough, like usually people who do these programs go somewhere for 18 months and then they return to the home country mm. but when my friend in germany said oh i'm gonna miss you so much but i know it's just gonna be 18 months i knew i wasn't gonna come back i just knew it right. i didn't right. tell her because i thought she was gonna be really sad but i was just like actually no this is it wow. this is what led me to you know giving up my apartment selling everything that i didn't need because i just knew that chapter of living in germany was over for me right you were already following the predestined path that you were you were already on yeah which is so so interesting and 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 it almost you know some people believe in in past lives and in sort of like planning your path before you get here and it, this really sounds a lot like that right yeah. like you you knew you came here with a specific mission and you knew it since you were little and you are on that path yeah which is very very interesting you've had this knowing that you were going to come to the United States since you were little. You were learning the language since you were like seven years old. You probably had a dictionary before I did, and I was here. <laughs> probably. Um, and uh, so you're you're learning the language. You are dedicated to this. This is sort of like this self-driven path that you're on, which is different from others. And you finally get to to sort of take that leap and make that jump to come to the United States. You find yourself here. You are at this job. When you started, you liked it. You you enjoyed mm -hmm. doing it. But the commute and, the you know, being pregnant and commuting, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Not fun. 
your husband also coincidentally says, hey, I think I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the two of you decide to to do this business. There had to be a point where he had to walk into the principal's office and say, I'm giving my two weeks notice or I'm, you know, I'm not coming back next year. Um, what was that tipping point, that decision that made you guys say, yes, we're going to put it all on the line and and we're going to we're going to do this? Yeah. So, I mean, we already we both were home because we took leave to stay with our baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tipping point was more so before we even started our leave, we knew we were not going to go back to the same school because there's no way that we have a three year old and a baby and do this crazy commute and come home being our worst selves every single day. Mm-hmm. That was already clear. So what we had planned was let's take this leave, right, to connect with ourselves, with the baby, and find a job that is closer to where we live. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, we both find jobs in other schools where the principals were dying to have us. Mm-hmm. Um, they were dying to accommodate us, like, financially. And, you know, she said, bring the baby, and you can pump wherever you want. And, oh, my God, wow. hold the baby, like... He laid out the red carpet for us. Same thing on his school where the teacher, the principal was like, I don't even have a position for you, but I'll create it. And let me pay you this amount of money and whatever you want. You have all the funding. So it was actually like really, really perfect. Yet it didn't feel right. Like we both just knew not being home with our baby. And again, being in a classroom doing something that we sort of like, but not fully love. Mm hmm. That's just not what we want. So we actually really had to go inward and find that truth and that trust within ourselves to turn down positions that were actually really pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, it was a little easier because when I interviewed and even when she said all of these things about, you know, I'm I support you. I had already that block of like, no, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. So it only took me a few days after the interview to tell her, hey, you know, thank you so much, but I have to decline. Whereas my husband, and that really wasn't smart, but it took him as long as it did. He he told the principal he wasn't going to come the day of his first day, the morning. <laughs> wow. Was it because he didn't know yet or he just didn't know how to tell her? He knew. He absolutely knew. But I think the logic of like you're turning down all of this money and you don't even know what this path is going to look like. You have a family to feed. I feel like this is what kind of like pulled him back and forth but during his time of like you know making this decision and I think it's really important that he comes to the decision right but I was supporting him I said babe that you know it's not right for you like I can feel it in your energy I can tell that you are not excited to go into this classroom just say no like we're gonna make this work and so how did he feel after he finally told her and I'm sure she did not react well Actually, he did. So oh, yeah, he, he went did. to a different school and it was a um, a man, like oh, okay. the principal was a man. But he did. Like, he was like, okay, I got to respect your choices. And because he was being very honest in the email saying, I really apologize. Like, this is horrible. I absolutely know. But I just have to follow my heart. And, you know, he was very appreciative, respectful, and even said, you know, if there's anything I can ever do for you, reach back out to me. Oh, okay. Um, and so after he, I think after he got that kind of like confirmation that he actually did a horrible thing, but it's not a horrible person. Right, right. He felt like weight was lifted off his shoulders. He was like, oh my God, this is the best feeling ever. Which is a good a good foot to start in on your business because you don't want to carry any sort of negative emotions because it is going to reflect 
in how you 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 manage your business or perform your business or what it is. Absolutely. Wow. That's that's incredible. So you guys got together, you started this business. What what is this business? So it's an online coaching business. My husband is a holistic um, wellness coach and a published author. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he has his degree in health and fitness and plant-based nutrition. So he's always wanted to really support people in their self-care and wellness journey. Mm -hmm. um, and so now he's like just taking, I mean, even when he was the teacher, he would do it on the side. But now he's doing it full time where mm -hmm. he he has two group coaching containers, um, you know, for holistic wellness and plant-based nutrition and tons and tons of master classes and his book so yeah that's he is the face of his business and the creative person and the coach itself and i'm like the admin that's running everything in the background for him okay and so so then at some point you said hmm i can do something for myself my own business so what is your business so first and foremost, I am a podcast host. My podcast is my number one baby. Um, but through my journey of like, you know, really walking in alignment and authenticity as just a person, but then also as a business owner now, I started coaching women and like really finding their own path and, you know, walking in alignment and like almost like my intro says, right, letting go of limiting beliefs and healing wounds that you know childhood wounds whatever is like stopping you from really being your greatest self and your authentic self mm -hmm. what was that moment that you said i'm going to start doing this and what led you to make that decision what was that thing that said this is a business this is a service that i can offer to other women and help other women and i'm going to start doing this yeah so very similar to my journey um, moving to the U.S., I kind of always knew I would have something like a show. Uh -huh. <laughs> but where even, you know, the, the path of moving to, to the U.S. was super clear for me, whereas the show thing was almost always there. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really think that could be the reality. Like it never occurred to me that I could make this thing mm -hmm. that I think of and dream of a reality. Until um, last year, my husband and I, we went through a crisis and I sought some additional support and like, you know, I stumbled upon nervous system regulation and how healing it is for trauma, for mental health, physical health. And I started like doing all of these classes and learned so much about it. And then I decided to get a coach in somatic healing um, mm -hmm. to train me, but also just to help me on my journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she when on our first session, she obviously wanted to get to know me, asking what I was doing, telling her about all of this business stuff. And then she's like, well, and, you know, some of the worries I had about like us not getting along in the mm -hmm. business or not really being able to deal with the demands of running a business. And she said, what if it was an intuitive led business? And I was like, oh, my God, yes, that sounds amazing. And then, you know, we applied it to the business I had with my husband, but as we were talking, she's, she kept hearing how I was referring to like this podcast and the show and my own desire to like help people. And she's like, so why, why are you not birthing this business, this entity for yourself? And I'm like, I guess I could. So I did. So it sounds like this, um, this business sort of like you came here to the United States because you were following this, this path that you had already self-determined, predetermined. And then here, like your purpose kind of found you. And so, I mean, I don't think I have to tell you, but you, you, you sound like a very courageous woman because, you know, taking all those, 
offshoots off the paths and being independent and and coming to a, another country, another culture, and starting a business. All of these things are courageous moves. But I think probably the most courageous is dealing with the healing of, you know, the inner traumas and all those things that it does take, I think, an incredible amount of courage uh, that sometimes it, it's difficult for people to come up with. Um, but with all of this going on and all this the strength that you have, were, what were some of the biggest challenges that you had to face in starting your business? And how did you, how did you handle them? Yeah, well, honestly, the biggest thing that really stopped me from doing what I love to do is fear of visibility. Um, I was so afraid to put myself out there on Instagram like really out there, you know, I was posting family pictures here and there and like reposting funny stories or whatnot, but really putting myself and my beliefs and who I am out there. Uh, mind you, I was raised Catholic and many people, you know, that follow me on Instagram are friends and families, like a lot of people back from Germany. So I was raised Catholic and I, you know, played around in Christianity for a little bit. So a lot of people have this picture of me in that area. Right, right. Right. But I have completely become somebody else ever since I left the country and mm -hmm. came out here. But I've always been a very closeted spiritual person. Like I never really felt comfortable um, to share how spiritual I actually am. So knowing that if I really am going to do this podcast, which is really my journey of transformation and authenticity, all of this will come up, right? I will talk about my spiritual um, stuff. I will talk about um, healing the inner child and all of these good things. I will be vulnerable to a certain degree. And I wanted to, but that was so difficult for me to overcome this fear of visibility. Every single time I was going to post something, these voices of like my mother judging me, my friends judging me, people I don't even talk to anymore coming up, looking at me sideways, like, you know, they would always come up. And this is where somatic healing is so important that you understand what you're feeling is just an emotion. It has nothing to do with what you interpreting it to be. It has nothing to do with the story in your head about why you're feeling this way you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And then also honoring what you're feeling so you don't create split energy by constantly pushing aside your fear, constantly pushing aside your, your shame or your guilt or embarrassment, whatever it is. Like, that is energy pushing all of these parts aside and no, 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 I'm going to do it anyways can work. But to me, it felt like so much energy of like pushing and rejecting and um, suppressing that I was like, no, if I do it, I'm going to bring all of these pieces of me in here and we're going to do this together because there is a part of me that is scared. There is a part of me that is um that doesn't want to be judged, that doesn't want to be misunderstood, right? And I want to I want to do it with my whole self. Mm -hmm. You know, even though all of these selves are broken or whatever, mm -hmm. and if I bring them all in, we're kind of whole, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, so I want to say fear visibility. And then the next thing that was really hard was healing financial trauma. That was, uh, I mean, I felt like my in the last few months, my life took a complete turn and upside down in finances. And it had to happen because this is how I got into the depth of what I was dealing with in terms of financial trauma. Mm -hmm. um, but if I did not have somatic practices, nervous system regulation, the mentorship that I was involved in, and even my husband, I don't think I would have gotten as far as I am today. 
what did financial trauma look like for you and how did you overcome that? So growing up, um, after my parents got divorced and my dad kind of like moved us away from my mother, we were poor, like so poor that at least two weeks out of the month, we didn't have warm water, electricity, food on the table, money to go to school. He was an alcoholic, so he was constantly buying alcohol. You know, he would sell whatever he could find in the house to make a little bit more money because at some point he lost his job because he was drinking. So, um, you know, and I was I was seven, eight, nine when all of this happened. So at a very young age, like um, I learned that, whoa, I don't have money and I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, my dad was very fearful of money, too. So whenever he had money, he, he couldn't hold it because he was so dysregulated and like, oh, my God let's just spend it all or, you know, waste it. And, um, you know, no financial responsibility. And then on top of this situation already being hard without food and light and all of these th things, those were weeks where my dad would be so dysregulated and panicky. And, you know, that my nervous system, like my subconscious relates money to this kind of like panic. It has really been a big theme throughout my whole life, like very fearful to pay bills, to look at my account to um, always feeling like very rejective around money. Like, you know, if I receive money, it's like, oh, if it was a person, it'd be like, I don't know you don't want to be in relationship with me. Like, mm. you know, I'm not going to even try for you to be here. And um, at the same time, desiring more, desiring more freedom, desiring more money so I can, you know, not only pay for necessities, but buy things that I enjoy or go on vacation um, just for pleasure, right? Nothing, nothing necessary. And also believing that if I want money, I'm a greedy person. <laughs> it, all of this had to come up, right? Because awareness is the first step. But right. then um, it was really as simple. And, you know, it it is so simple, but it was so groundbreaking that when I kind of shared all of this with my somatic coach and she said, so what do you want money to mean to you? And I'm like, wait, I can change the meaning? And she's like, sure. And that changed it. It really did. I mean, that was the path where I'm like, no, I want, you know, I want to feel like money loves me. I want to feel like money wants to be here for me, support me and all of these things. So that was really the first step to like, you know, rewiring your subconscious because that's what nervous system regulation does. It like, you know, rewires your subconscious. At least that's how I experience it. Every single time I'm like putting myself on this path and I'm you know, like, OK, this is who I am. This is where I'm going all of these things were are thrown into your path for you to like really ground yourself in who you say that you are and you know really embody that version of you so my husband and i experienced quite some financial um challenges the last few months that were coming out of nowhere and you know like the money that would come in from clients and programs just was gone out the window and we were like wait a minute what happened where is it going like you know but it really taught me to find safety and security in myself and not in this external resource right and it really helped me to you know open myself up to to the energy of money like you know like even though it wasn't here in physical form like telling myself i know money's always available he, it was it always wants to support me like seeing money in in the smallest things right knowing that you know my table is is money in a different form or my my phone or you know it just really cleared a lot of stuff. Money is one thing that has so many different 
incarnations in the life of people, money can mean yeah. one thing to, and the same money will mean one thing to one person and a completely different thing to another person. And they will have radically different relationships with it. So it's, it's very interesting to hear your journey with it. So, wow, that was great. Yeah. Thank you for that. So you had all these experiences and in these challenges and, and again, you were brave and you just did not shy away from them. You acknowledge them, which like you said, is the first step. You had the courage to just say, we're going to deal with it. Take the inventory, acknowledge it, and then just um, deal with it. So I'm assuming that you're still kind of sort of going through some of those things because life is long and we're always learning, right. always, always learning. Um, so have you had any other like major failures or setbacks where you thought this is it, this is the end of the road, but you managed to come back from it? For sure. I mean, it actually has to do with finances. Um, you know, so we had this, this retirement from a husband to, um, live off of for quite a few months, but as the money was getting lower and, you know, there was this time where the, the money that was coming in had to match the money that was leaving in order for us to sustain our lifestyle. Right. And that wasn't happening yet. Right. And it just, it felt really, really difficult. So the money was leaving, not enough money was coming in. It wasn't until we hit a month where we we're like, okay, we actually don't know how to pay our mortgage right now. Like we don't have enough money for that. Hmm. That's where I was like, okay, this is it. Like I'm doing it all wrong. I should have never started. Oh my God, you have children. What are you doing? And you know, my husband feeling similar, not as extreme because he doesn't deal with as much financial or religious trauma as I am. You know, my religious trauma coming in like of thinking God hates you. He wants you yeah. to suffer. And oh my God, like this is, you're ruining everything. And all of these, what are people going to think? You can't tell nobody about it. So that's where my husband and I actually um, said, this is it. Like, we're going to stop this. We're going to go back into the classroom. Mm -hmm. If we have the capacity to continue on the side, we will, but it has to stop. And Funny enough, every single position, whether in the classroom or from home or in the fitness center, we didn't get a single job. Mm. It just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. People would um, not even invite us for interviews, even though we have qualifications, right? Um, or we would get invited for interviews, but they chose somebody different. And, you know, I just felt like there was something in here to learn. And it brought me back to this, what do I really want? Right. I know that I'm a co-creative being in this universe and I am the leading energy. So I get to decide what it is that I want. Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy, but yeah, I pave the path. So what do I really want? And I, I had conversations with my husband around it and we were both like, yeah, we really want to do this. We don't want to go back into the classroom. We don't want to leave our child. I mean, he's almost a year, but you know, he's only ever been used to us. Right. So kind of like coming back and really going inwards and finding the truth and the trust in ourselves is what helped us come back into this belief of like, no, we're, we're staying and this is what we're doing. Even though everything is pointing out that we should not, we're going to trust ourselves. And you know, that's, that's what brought us back and kept us going. So, yeah. So it's a belief in, in yourselves and, and it's, it's really fun to kind of hear about your journey because it really does sound like the universe just, it, has a handle on it and you're just sort of riding it and, and traveling on that path. But it does seem like, like there's a, a greater outside force 
Totally. And, you know, I think that's really important to to understand when you follow your intuition, your intuition is not logical. It is not defined by we uphold as good lives in this society. It is not defined by time, by anything. So, and you know, it's always just a little nudge here and a little, it's in the moment that your intuition lives in the present moment. So if you follow it, you have to follow it moment for moment and see how things work out and come together. You can't follow it and saying, all right, I'm going to take this step, but can you show me what it's going to look like right, five right. years from now? Because I need to know, you know, that's that's really important to know about following your intuition because it will not give you that. It will not give you the plan or, you know, sometimes you may have a vision or like an idea of where you're headed, but you're really paving the path in every single moment that you live and you are present and you decide this is what you do. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting thing because you mentioned that you were raised Catholic. Um, I was raised Catholic also. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were raised to believe, just have faith, just have faith, just have faith. I mean, I'm the most lapsed Catholic. Like I haven't been in church. I can't even remember how long. And so I don't believe in religion, mm -hmm. but I believe in spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a very spiritual person too, which is why I, I, I see this force that is playing in your life. And when you talk about how you have to believe in your intuition, that's the faith I believe we have to have. Right. And it's not that we don't question it, but you have to ask the right questions, right? Yeah. So, so the question may not be, well, what's going to happen if, or why should I do this? And maybe a little bit of why should I do this? But the question really should be, does this feel right to me? Yes. Does this feel like I'm going in the right direction? Does this feel like I'm going to be of service to other people? It, it, it will always be my belief. Yeah. Not only are we here to teach and to learn, but part of that teaching is being of service. And, and we are here to be a part of this bigger world. We are just a thread in the tapestry. We all have a role and, and mm -hmm. in playing that role, we have to serve others in one capacity or many different capacities. So when you talk about, you know, you know, trust your intuition, that's the faith. That's Absolutely. the big faith we have to have. So you, you mentioned that you also had religious trauma. Did any of this play into having that faith in yourself or, or trusting that intuition? Yeah. I mean, even though my financial trauma was heavy, the religious trauma was scary because, you know, if you believe that God hates you, then how are you really safe? Right. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, when you talk about being raised Catholic, for me, was this extreme of like, you are going to hell. You are a horrible person. And, you know, whenever my dad would make um, unqualified, immature decisions around money and our livelihood, he would never take responsibility for it, but blame God. He wants us to suffer. We have to endure this. This, oh, is, wow. this is how our life is to be. So I grew up with the sense of like, yeah, I actually, God doesn't want me to be here. And yet I have to kind of like prove myself and find work my way through it. And it has to be hard and it has to be horrible and difficult because the next big thing is just waiting around the corner. There is don't be too happy because he's going to wait for you to be happy so he can smite you again. Like those were the thoughts that I had. So when I stepped out in faith while dealing with this burden of financial trauma of like, no, I actually want to create a life that I really want and love. I had so many times I had to come back to this, to this like 
inner knowing or hoping that it wasn't a knowing back then. It was a hoping. I hope that God doesn't hate me. I hope that he wants me to have a decent life. And I hope that he will support the decisions that I make. And I think a big factor that made it so hard is if you are raised in a religion, whatever religion that is, there is a lot of binary thinking. It's good or bad. It's right or wrong. It's black or white. There is right. no gray area. And what I have come to learn through my own life experience that everything is the gray area. Right. Everything is a spectrum. Every single thing. Right. And, you know, coming out of this thinking, like, you know, if I had to make a decision, for example, quitting the job in order to start my business, I was so fearful thinking, am I making the right decision? And if I'm making this decision, is God going to wait and smite me? Right. right. Um, so coming out of this binary thinking and embracing that I'm supported in everything that I do, but listening to my intuition will tell me if, if it's a decision more in alignment with me or not so much in alignment with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think sometimes people may question, well, how do I know if it's in alignment? And I think, you know, is when you feel that peace, yes. when you don't feel any trepidation and it may not make sense. That's the tricky part. It may not make logical sense, but you'll feel the peace in your heart. Right. Um, and also, I don't, have you ever heard of the concept human design? Here or there, but tell me more. It's a mix of science and spirituality. Mm -hmm. It helps people understand their intuition and how they can really use their intuition. So we there's like for me, for example, according to human design, my intuition comes from my sacral, like from the gut. Mm -hmm. And if it's in alignment with who I am, it lights me the F up. I'm like, oh, my God. And I have all of this energy that helps me do what it is that lights me up. And this is really how that works for me. Like I can tell if I'm like on fire, then I know this is where I'm supposed to go. Right. Whereas... If I'm presented an opportunity and there's just no, then I can trust that this is not for me. Right. And there's there are other people like human design also has, um, you know, more emotional people. So let's say uh, my my intuition is more emotional. That means I'm presented with an opportunity or I have an idea and I kind of have to feel it out for a few days to see is this really right or is this not right? <laughs> and then if it still feels right over a day or two, then I can trust that this is right. Or if it changes or doesn't feel right over a few days, then I can trust that it's not right. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just very, it's very action based. And I'm so glad for this tool because it's really helped me ground in my, yeah, I can trust these. It's an impulse that I have. Like, you know, and for the, for the majority of my life, I would be like, oh my God, you're so impulsive. And right. why do you always jump if you have this idea or, you know, why can't you be more grounded and all these things, even though I think I am pretty grounded, but Human design helped me understand, no, this is literally how this works in my body. This is what I can trust. Right, right. That's excellent. And 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 I, I really do hope that maybe some women who are listening sort of are hearing themselves in, in this and identifying, oh, that's why. That's and, why it takes me this long or that's why I feel that way. Um, and really start to trust themselves more and yes. look inward more than outward. Something else that I think is good that people can do in order to learn to trust their intuition more is somatic practices. And I actually just posted a few on my Instagram of like, what does feel, what does safety feel like in my body? And what does truth feel like in my body? Right. Because those are the leading things that we need in order to be authentic. 
right? Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to safety, like just think about something that feels safe to you. It can be anything. Like to me, it's trees. Trees feel safe to me. Mm -hmm. I know they're here to provide oxygen. They're an extension of Mother Earth. They, um, you know, provide shade. Like that feels safe. So when I think of trees, what comes up in my body? What do I feel? And, you know, it can be a place, a memory, a person, whatever. But kind of like, okay, this is what safety feels like in my body. And then truth is like, Think of something that you know without a doubt is true. For example, the sun rises every morning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What does that do you feel? You know, truth feels more expansive and open in your body, whereas not truth feels more restrictive and tight. Mm -hmm. And then you can counter test it with telling yourself, okay, when it's 85 degrees outside, it means it's going to snow today. You know, that's not true. Right, right, right. What does that feel like in your body? Where do you feel the restriction? Mm -hmm. And practicing these things to kind of like let the feelings in your body get louder and louder will ultimately help you in decision making and trusting that nudge of your intuition and also trusting your own opinion over other people if you are somebody who seeks a lot of validation from other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. That's great information to have. Fantastic. <laughs> so, all right. So you guys have started these, these individual businesses. You're helping women um, who are looking to maybe be a little bit more courageous or just be more courageous in their lives and, and to kind of come to their own authenticity, which really, I would imagine, opens up a lot of opportunity and just helps them set upon their own path that, that is, is more true to their own joy. Who are some of the people that have helped you along the way? Because I know you said that you, you know, being the path diverter, and sometimes it's lonely, but have you had people who were able to support you? And has being a business owner made you feel a little bit more of that isolation as opposed to being an employee? So the people that have helped me are my husband. Like, he's my biggest fan and biggest supporter. And, you know, it's actually been really beautiful to see how we're both doing this at the same time because we are each learning our lessons, right? And have each other to kind of like bounce bounce these ideas of or these lessons of. And um, my husband is very spiritual, just like I am. So I feel like I can really talk to him about the depth of what I'm experiencing. Um, and then I have one friend, she actually still lives in Germany. She's been really supportive. Like she's been wanting me to do a podcast since forever. So, mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the mentorship that I had, like having this coach, that I would see once a week to always ground me and help me, you know, pivot back into my highest potential. Like that's been, it's been amazing. Great. Oh, so it's, it's so important to have people um, that you can lean on and you can express some of these frustrations and challenges and joys and, and all the good things. So how has your, how has, so you've started your business and most businesses never, stay the way they started they they usually evolve over time um how has your business evolved and what are some of maybe the, the key milestones yeah i i think that's really important what you just said because especially if you lead your business out of intuition your personal growth reflects in your business growth you know mm -hmm. it always pivots and changes and grows as you do so um What's really been changing since we started for for the business of my husband is like from going to like, oh, let's do virtual courses or one-on-one -on -one mentorship to know we actually want to have these evergreen containers of group coaching. Like that's really where he's at and public speaking. Um, and that's like been one of the biggest milestones for him to um, launch his group coaching container and have so many good responses to it. Mm -hmm. 
and also his book like that's been a really big hit and then for me um it took me a while to understand that I did want to be a mentor but not didn't really know what kind um because I in my even in my friend circle right I'm the one that people come to for advice like they mm -hmm. want to hear what I have to say about their situation so I thought yeah mentoring is is natural to me like I can do that but to be honest outside of my friendships I don't have the desire to walk people through their shit excuse me but you know through this depth <laughs> of like no I have my own stuff you know? <laughs> um, so I had to put it on pause for a second and be like, you know what, maybe mentoring is just not meant as a business. And that's mm -hmm. fine. So I focused on my podcast. And mind you, I don't, my Instagram community is still growing. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I have not touched any other ways of marketing my podcast yet. So it just grew very organically through me posting on Instagram. And it has reached quite a momentum, like mm -hmm. quite a quite a lot of people who started listening to it it actually just doubled in less than a month this month wow um to what it was before um but i want to say maybe a few it actually was after you and i had our initial conversation that i was like oh my god i would love to do a group coaching and help women in you know this idea of birthing their own business mm -hmm. and you know i think I, I i told you the name but my group coaching container is called birthing your business or your intuitive business and surviving the fourth trimester right because that's yes. what i compare it to yes and one when, once we got off i'm like yeah i really want to do this like i don't just no longer want this to be an idea but i really desire to help a few women through this process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so where do you see your business going in the future I definitely am growing this podcast like I really want this to become an actual show not just the podcast um mm -hmm. kind of like starting to visualize like what a studio would look like where I would have it um but also we're planning on moving so oh okay <laughs> first um this other intuitive nudge that I have about selling the house and moving <laughs> um but and then I'm I'm ready to release this group coaching container of birthing your business, surviving the fourth trimester. And I'm really excited to help women through their own birthing process when it comes to the business. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So that's what I see for myself right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, my husband and I, we collaborate really well on the holistic stuff that he does. He does like meditation, nutrition and fitness. And I do somatic practices and nervous system regulation. So we're bringing this back together, too, and supporting people in like the whole holistic journey mm -hmm. of like healing and just da daily wellness. Um, and the, where we see this going is from like group coaching to actual in-person retreats mm. um, at like different places around the world. And I think that's a very smart move because it's it's sort of addressing the mind, body, spirit yeah. uh, type of way which is something that it's a neglected form of healthcare in the Western medicine practice. Yeah. So I think um, this move that you guys are doing is is very smart. And I really do think this is the way our society is going to start moving to because we are really opening up to this idea that it's not just a body and, and right. symptoms and, you know, just kind of, you know, if you have to take care of the whole thing and and that's how anything ever really gets optimized Absolutely. um so that's fantastic i'm i'm very excited and i will be sort of you know following you and keeping tabs and and i'm excited to see this go forward so what advice would you have for for women who are either thinking about starting uh, a business or they're in that fourth trimester 
um, yeah. of their business? What What's your advice? I think if you haven't started a business yet, I I want you to know that there is not just this corporate way of doing business. Like you can absolutely have it all. Like absolutely. And it can be so freaking fulfilling because you get to operate out of your intuition, which is always for your highest good, right? And your intuition knows that you have children. It knows what where you are at in your life. So just knowing that if you are playing with the idea of starting a business, but you feel like if you have to do it this way, this is just going to be horrible or you don't have the time or blah, 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 money, know that you can do your business your own way. And this is really how how this business idea that you have wants to move through you, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is understanding that the business that you desire to have is its own entity, right? It's an extension of you, but it has its own heartbeat. So treat it as such and connect to it as such, mm -hmm. right? And I think what also is really important to, um, especially for women, if you own a business, please learn about your menstruational cycle and live and work accordingly to your menstruational cycle. It's going to change everything, right? Understanding the phases where your creativity flows and where it's more about rest and reflection and then not judging or shaming yourself for these ebbs and flows. Like we're meant to do this. Right. And the more we honor it, the more we get out of our creative surges and out of our resting surges, right? It's when we resist either one of them that we struggle, that we suffer, and that we are not in alignment with who we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible because, it, you know, I, I'm starting to hear this more and more the more I speak to women. And so when I started my business, it was the late 90s. Um, it was in IT and technology, male-dominated, male-dominated, male-dominated the whole way. No one, this was not even going to be a thought. This was not even going to be a... And if I had mentioned it, they might have like politely smiled. And then as soon as I left, they would have cracked up and called me a, a, a wackadoo. Right. But it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, the way our bodies function. And if we just take it on a purely biological sense, our hormones, the, the our cycles of hormones that go through our body affect everything from our brain to our, you know, the state of our moods and our physical state. And so for us to sort of fight against this natural state that we're in makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've fought it so many times. I've, I mean, and I didn't even know I was fighting it. I did yeah. not know I was fighting it. Right. Um, but I was. And yes. so this, this information now that's, it's, it's coming out more and people are talking about it more and it's being accepted more. Um, I think will be highly beneficial oh yes. to women who are coming into this to be more open and accepting of their own. And, and honestly, I think it'll, it'll give them this step up because once they tune into it, it'll make them more productive, more creative, yeah. um, and just better and get better results at what they're doing once they kind yeah. of tap, tap into their own cycle. So I think that is fantastic advice mm -hmm. to give. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, especially if you fought it, like you said, you know how much of a struggle it is to fight it. Yeah. So I, stop and, fighting it. <laughs> right. The worst part is I didn't even know I was fighting. I didn't know it was a thing same. to fight. Yep. Yep. Same here. You know, it just was. And had someone back then said, wait a second, how about if you think about it this way, it would have been a game changer. 
Absolutely. Would have yeah. been a game changer. It really is. I mean, yeah. you know, even when I'm going through my creative process now and I'm feeling so creative one week and then the next week I'm not in the past, I would judge myself and be like, oh, my God, you are just this lazy person. And why can't you get yourself up and do this? And now I know, no, I'm about to have my period. Let me honor this and let me play. And, you know, with that comes also trust, knowing that your business will take care of itself and will right. take care of you as you are staying in alignment with what it is that your body needs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. And so, I, you know, I talk a lot about this with other women, you know, in terms about how, well, the world in general is, is sort of a patriarchal society, but the business world is even more patriarchal. Um, it, it's a world that was not meant for us. It was not built for us and we're barely tolerated in it. And yeah. so information like this allows us to create our own space. And so it's yeah. really... You know, if, if it's something that they don't want to tolerate, that's fine. We will, as you say, honor it. We will deliver better with it. And we will right. just create our own space. Yes. Um, having this information, having the support of each other and all of that. So this is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any products or services or offerings that you'd like to share with our audience? I do. I mean, first of all, I would love for people to follow me on Instagram at the dot Jackie Stewart. And then um, if anybody's really interested in birthing their business and want the support during the fourth trimester of like really stepping into intuitive leadership, authenticity and alignment, then they can reach out to me. Um, I have a little survey form that I would like people to fill out because I want it to be a very intimate container. Mm -hmm. So I want to see who feels really good and who can I really help in that process. Um, so, yeah, you can hit me up on Instagram and request it or just talk to me about it. Or I don't know if you're able to link it in your show. Notes. Uh, yeah, I will absolutely put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, if you feel that nudge, please reach out to me. And then um, my podcast, the Jackie Stewart podcast is available on Spotify and Apple. I would love for people to check it out and get their support on there, too. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Everybody go in and check out uh jackie stewart um because she's going to give you information that i should have had 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much jackie for joining us uh on this podcast today it was such a pleasure and joy talking to you and everybody else catch us next time yeah thank you so much for having me Thank you for joining us on this episode of Divergent Women. We hope you find inspiration, motivation, and a renewed sense of empowerment as we explore the incredible journeys of our guests. These remarkable first-generation women entrepreneurs show us what it means to break the mold, defy expectations, and create businesses that make a lasting impact. We invite you to continue on this journey with us as we bring you more captivating stories of resilience, determination and triumph. Stay tuned for future episodes where we delve deeper into the challenges and triumphs faced by women in entrepreneurship, providing valuable insights, practical advice, and a supportive community. Remember, you're not alone on this path. Divergent Women is here to celebrate your uniqueness, embrace your ambitions, and empower you to navigate the entrepreneurial world with confidence and race. Together, we can rewrite the narrative, shatter glass ceilings, and inspire a new generation of trailblazing women. Make sure to subscribe to Divergent Women on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. 
And if you enjoyed today's show, we would greatly appreciate your support by leaving us a review and sharing this podcast with fellow entrepreneurs and aspiring business owners. Until next time, keep embracing your uniqueness, chasing your dreams, and making waves in the world. This is Melissa Minchala signing off from Divergent Women. Stay fierce, stay fearless, and keep breaking those barriers.